Welcome to episode 130 of the Daniel Yours Podcast with today's guest, Dr. Corey Torgerson. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Attempt number three to get this one going with Dr. Corey Torgerson. We're just battling a few technical difficulties, but no issues there. We'll, we'll get through it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. You know, we'll, we'll say hello again for the, for the fourth time now. <laughs> Daniel, nice to meet you. Nice to be <laughs> on your again. podcast. Once again, thank you. Um, Dr. Torgerson, uh, again, can you please let people know who it, who you are and what it is that you do? Yeah. So everybody, my name is Dr. Corey Torgerson. I'm a head and neck uh, surgeon, facial plastic surgeon, and I have a big clinic down in Yorkville called Sovereign MD. It's big umbrella uh, business. And one of the um, pillars is called Sovereign Mail. And Sovereign Mail sort of uh, deals and treats with all kinds of things that dudes care about. Uh, we have a big testosterone replacement, hormone therapy replacement center um, where we treat like low testosterone. We deal with erectile dysfunction, which is a really big problem among males over 40, with some cool technology. Uh, we also have something pretty cool called uh, the Big Shot. This is a trademarked uh, treatment for male enhancement, other stuff that guys care about. So we do it all and we make everybody happy and I'm their best friend. How long have you been doing this, focusing on the male health and male enhancement side of things? Because this is not, it's not necessarily new science, but there's a lot more um, talk about it. It's becoming more normalized in, yeah. in recent years. How long have you been doing this for? It was kind of a, a, a slow sort of very, very organic process for me. And it started with myself about, uh, about 10 years ago where I was suffering with some of the symptoms of low testosterone. And, you know, that's, that was really the driver that said, okay, what's happening and what do we need to do? This this is an original problem. And so we became really formalized about, about five years ago. And uh, really, really, as the awareness in the population, male population has really grown. Um, and the acceptance of saying, hey, you know what, I don't feel great. And what do I got to do to feel better and feel like myself? That's going up like crazy. So it's it's really, really exploded. Yeah. As, as we all know, as you know, us two being males and for any females who are listening, the males in your life are very reluctant to admit when something is wrong, especially something yeah. with their health. It's all health. It's always something. Oh, I'll just shake it off. I'm just having a bad day. I can, I can get over this. And then, you know, months and months and months go by with, with doing nothing and no repair. Yeah. And that's not good, obviously. So it's, it's, I'm happy that collectively, it seems like we're more men are speaking up about their health and saying, Hey, this, this is not, working for me. This is not right. Something, something's got to change here. Um, and, and now we have centers like yours that we can actually go to, to be like, Hey, I need some, you know, more directed help rather than just, you know, trying to Google stuff or whatever your, your GP might say. Not that there's anything wrong with GPs. It's just not their specialty. Yeah, and communication platforms have changed. You know, it's just not getting information from your family doctor uh, or even the internet. You know, social media has been a big driver. Podcasts have been a big driver of saying, okay, let's talk. Let's get out there and talk. And the more you talk about it, the more it becomes normal and becomes very ingrained into a sort of our our psyche of how do I fix this? What do I got to do? Right. Do you think that there has been, and you might have experienced this through, through patients that you see that People who hear stuff about TRT or, or, or growth hormone or just hormone replacement therapy in general, um, they come in and they have all these things like, hey, I heard it on a podcast or I Googled this and it's just like completely wrong or completely off and they've been trying to do stuff on their own that's like causing more harm than good. Where do you find the, the balance of the available information compared to like what's actually real? 
that's like with anything. The internet is awesome and it's terrible all at the same time. And, um, you know, when patients come in with, um, you know, pages and pages of, of downloaded information from, um, you know, certain collective groups that they're in, it's always a bit of a red flag <laughs> because in their, in their brain, you know, they know more than, than me. They, they're, they're, they're their own doctor. And, and, and that's a pretty amazing that we have a lot of information. It's always context and it's always the balance. And that's why you're never, ever going to shoehorn out a, a medical professional because they, they, they have a little bit more specialty training and be able to say, okay, this information is relevant and this isn't, or this is frankly just wrong. And so, you know, there's, it's, it's always has to be individualized. And so I think there's a good balance between that. It is pretty great though. I've learned lots from my patients. Patients have come in and been, Hey, I've been researching this. And uh, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I didn't even freaking know about that. Let me go see. <laughs> wow. That's cool. Okay. But I have the ability to be able to say, okay, what does the research say? What, what, are the, what is the information about this says? Okay. This is very rudimentary. We're going to leave it over here, park it, but wait a second. This isn't, and this is where the industry is growing. And I'm very interested in regenerative medicine, and um, and 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 things like that. And that's probably going to be the big next push is is treatments that are in, into regenerative medicine. Yeah, it's something that I'm super looking forward to with myself. You wouldn't know this, but I have a big history of knee injuries and like the way things are going, like I will need a knee replacement way earlier than I should be based on like the history of my injuries and surgeries and stuff that I've had. And it seems like, you know, some of the new emerging regenerative medicine is probably the only thing that will prevent or prolong me from, from having that. So I'm super excited about that, but that's yeah. a whole other, you know, rabbit hole that's, uh, you know, we, we, we won't go down <laughs> today. Um, it is very interesting because in, in training, uh, it's very much the same. There's so much information out there and clients will often bring to me, you know, most 90% of the time, it's just nonsense. Like, oh, I heard this die, yeah. I heard this thing. And it's like, okay, well, here's why that that's nonsense, right? And you, you as the expert, you have to be able to hear that information and then dispel that information. Like I know validate it or invalidate it. Um, but sometimes it's like, oh, that's actually really interesting. I hadn't heard that before. Let me look into it with my contextual knowledge and then I can kind of- Exactly. You, right? yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Is your clinic, now no, for any American uh, friends who are listening to this, our healthcare system is very different. Uh, it's mostly public healthcare system. How does your, your clinic integrate into that? Is this something, can I just show up and, and pay to, to see, to see you or how does it work? Yeah, well, for most of these things, uh, it's very, very hard for, you know, in, in Ontario, we have what's called the OHIP system. It's our publicly funded system. But most doctors, um, I mean, if you're able to even get a family doctor, that's one thing or an appointment, maybe once or twice uh, uh, every five years <laughs> yeah. kind of a deal. You know, them wanting to talk about things like this where they don't have the context. Um, it's 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 really a, a, a door closer for most patients. And then there's a general level of frustration with no doctor wants to talk about this or they don't know about it or they say, I'm crazy and yet I know I'm not. This is an issue. So most of the clinics that are are specialized to deal with these kinds of things tend to be private outside of the public system where you will pay for it. And, um, you know, I, I, I will just go on the record and say with this, you know, I'm, I'm one of those in the camps where, where I, I think that there's value to our system in Canada, but there's a lot of gaps and in having some sort of a mixed system, especially when you look at the context of the best healthcare systems around the world, they're all mixed. They all have a mixture of private and public and they, they do really well together. And I think the public gets 
served better overall. So my clinic entirely is private. I, I'm with you on that. I know that it's a bit of a hot button topic in in Ontario right now, yeah. um, politically and whatnot. But I'm with you. I think that the mixed system just makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I can even say for myself, a number of years ago, I wanted to get my testosterone levels checked. I was having no symptoms; nothing was wrong. I was just starting to hear about, you know, low testosterone and these things, and I was like, okay, well, I, you know, I was, I think I was 21 or 22. And I was like, I, I want to start to get a baseline. I think that this is a normal thing. Like, let me start to get a baseline so that by the time I'm a little bit older, now I have something to work off of. Yeah. I had to lie to my doctor for two years, you know, making up symptoms so that he would even listen to me so that he could even order the blood test, which I still had to pay for anyways. And I was like, this is not even publicly funded. And you're still like begging me to do this. Like I had to lie and figure out how to work the system to, to get it and then pay for it anyways. And so like, that just seems not right to me. Well, and here's the reason why, you know, like the, the, the exact correlate in, in, in women is menopause. You know, we know that most women go through menopause uh, in their, usually the beginning in their 40s or in their 40s, some people earlier, some people a little later, their ovaries poop out, they make less estrogen and progesterone, they get symptoms, and many women are treated with hormone replacement therapy. The correlate is andropause in men. You know, one in four men over 40 have symptoms of low testosterone. Our, our balls poop out. We don't make as much testosterone and we get symptoms. And, you know, you know, the symptoms are common, you know, low energy, low mood, low sex drive, much harder to get the same gains with uh, the same work in the gym in terms of building muscle or losing fat. And when you tell a doctor that you're interested in maybe checking your testosterone levels, they're like, no, you're fine. You have to talk like a red school or make up stories for them to do it because anybody looking for testosterone is a bodybuilder, steroid yes. abuser in their mind. We have this, 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 this sort of threshold where like, oh, we don't do that. And yet the grand majority of, of studies that have come out in the last 10, 15 years and they're ever increasing show that there's a tremendous benefit for optimizing a male, optimizing is the word here, up to the high end of the normal level, because there's a range of testosterone, okay, that we know is normal. But if you had your testosterone and it was sort of like in the middle or at the low end and you're getting symptoms, we don't just treat numbers. We treat people with symptoms. And, you know, are you going to feel something? Well, yes. Is it dangerous to bring that level up to the high end of the normal range? Well, no, it isn't because it's still normal. <laughs> right. So we're just dealing in the range of safe and normal. And of course, that's what we want to do. Those bodybuilders who are, you know, dosing 10 to 100 times their regular dose, well, you're going to get into some problems after a while. Your blood is going to thicken up. You're going to have a higher chance of developing blood clots, which could lead to heart attack or stroke and things like that. So we want to do this safely. But I mean, what it is, is education for doctors as well, because we're really in medical school and even in residency, even endocrinologists not talked about, we don't talk about andropause. We don't talk about that. Men just live with it. They suffer through it. Yeah, grandpa doesn't, you know, Grandma and grandpa haven't slept together for uh, 25 years and, you know, and, and now he's all wizened up and his muscles are thin and, you know, and that's just age. But, but why do we have to live that way? Women don't. Why don't men? Right. 
the the steroid abuse thing is is a is an interesting um thing and i think an important thing to make note of here because there's a very distinct difference and you said this but just to reiterate it that there's a very distinct difference between optimizing and then taking super physiological doses in order to chase a hypertrophy which is like those people are not doing that to be healthy they're doing that to be as big as they as they can and by all means like do whatever you want i, I don't care but it's just like it's two it's two different things and that was something that my doctor in the in the lying to him he was always on me about like are you using steroids are you using steroids i'm like i'm 147 pounds like i'm not using steroids i just want to yeah. <laughs> see what my my yeah they don't they like. don't really get it they don't yeah. kind of they don't they don't i mean i mean all, all they have to do is be educated about it and they'll be like oh well that makes sense let me help you with that right exactly. so that that's kind of a part of it and and um and 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 then that's you know also speaks to hey some, sometimes this internet research is really good for patients to come in and educate their doctors about stuff that they didn't really know very much about because medicine's always advancing going forward we're learning more things all the time right now another criticism of maybe not criticism is a little bit too strong of a word but let's roll with that for now criticism of of using hormone replacement therapy as we age for men and women is that it's part of the normal aging process is that we will lose testosterone like women will go through menopause and that is normal now too much decline is probably abnormal. So where do we draw that line between, well, I want to stay like, you know, energetic and strong and whatever, but I shouldn't be as energetic and strong when I'm 85 as when I was 25. So where do we draw that line? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a philosophical uh, debate and, 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 you know, like, I mean, what is normal? Well, death <laughs> Death is normal, okay? You know, our telomeres on our DNA get trimmed off and shortened as we get older and they die, program cell death, and we get inflammation and disease and we die. Our skin doesn't change, our organs don't re- renew, and they get old and they die. And so we have some new sort of nomenclature in, in, our, in our conversations where we're not even just talking about lifespan. We're talking about health span. Yeah. You know, like we want to live our best lives. We want to be healthy until it's our time. And so really it kind of fits into that. Why do we give women hormone replacement therapy? Why do we give them? Well, because they have symptoms and they don't feel good and their skin goes to a pot and, and you know, they get hot flashes and, and it's uncomfortable. I mean, is that going to kill them? No. Well, why are we doing it? Well, because it makes them feel better and we're treating that. And so it's, it's the same sort of thing with, with dudes. Why shouldn't we enjoy a healthy sex life? Why shouldn't we enjoy being strong? Um, and I mean, there's so many benefits. There was a study that came out a couple of years ago that said you, if there's a longevity benefit to optimizing your testosterone, there's cardiovascular benefits, there's cognitive benefits. Why don't we want to be our very best for as long as we're living? And I think that really resounds and connects with most guys. I just want to feel like myself. I don't want to feel like this old dude that life is over after 40. You know, there are seasons in your life to your point. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're not the same when you're 50 as when you're 20, you know, we see it in sports, but at the same time, why can't we be healthy and vital and, and with it and, um, and, 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 and have an amazing health span. Yeah. I would, I'm inferencing here into, into that study that you're talking about, but I would guess that the increase or sustained level of testosterone over the the lifespan may contribute itself 
physiologically to increase health span, but it's also probably that because of your increased testosterone, you're just a little bit more vibrant. You're more energetic. So you can go, you can continue to exercise. You feel like taking care of yourself. You continue to maintain uh, both sexual and, and friendship relationships and family relationships and, and these things. And all of that, uh, you know, compounds into increased health span. Does that, yeah. does that probably make sense? Well, for sure. It's feed forward, right? They all influence each other. And, and um, you know, if you're moving and you feel strong, then you're going to lift stuff and you're going to lose your bones and then, and then they're not going to decay and, and all that kind of thing that we know that happens. And so you're right. It, 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 and, and, and relationally as well, if you feel confident in the bedroom, then you're going to be there, you know, and, and, and not retract and withdraw and all that kind of that helps your mental health. There's so many things that are crossed over that, that are important to this. So getting out and saying, Hey, it's okay to go and ask your, your doctor, whether you found them privately or even if your family doctor decides that they want to get into this kind of a thing, um, we should be doing this. This is why your podcast is critically important. Daniel. Right. Thank you for that. Yeah. Why do you think that this has, you know, all the symptoms with, of low testosterone, ED and, and everything associated with it? Why has this increased so much over the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years? Well, you know, with regards to ED, it's interesting because a study came out and, and basically said that um, 50% of men over 40 have some level of erectile dysfunction. You know, it's kind of a grading system. 50% is a big number, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, so we have everything from tofu penis to, you know, a, um, a, 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 a an eggplant or, or a hard cucumber or something <laughs> with some banana business in between. Okay. So there's a, there's a range. Okay. I mean, you're penis might work but it might not be as hard as it was when you were 16 and the wind blew on it and you you know it sprung up kind of a deal right and so and so we know that 50% of men over 40 have it and largely this is vascular causes okay our blood vessels retract in our penis we don't have as much blood in our penis and the smooth muscle that holds the blood in the penis and maintains the erection also retracts so we know that that happens with aging all over our body and our in our limbs and just about everywhere but it's interesting in that study that showed you know 50 percent of men over 40 the levels of erectile dysfunction claims in men in their 20s and 30s have also crept up by just about 10 percent well, that doesn't make sense. Why would that be? And the general thought is because we're talking about it. Mm. We're talking about it more. It's okay to say, hey, I'm kind of struggling with this. Or is there something that can, you know, I, I didn't feel like as good as there's something. I mean, of course, it just doesn't just go on and off, right? And so just a general level of awareness, I think, is probably um, making those numbers go up and saying it's okay to talk about our, our, our boners. <laughs> yeah, no, that that that's actually a really good point, and on you know honestly something I didn't really consider is that the 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 numbers might be going up just because we're talking about it more. We're talking about it now. Yeah. Does does that same thing um, also is that also attributed to testosterone decline? Are we just testing it more, and so now we have maybe more data to to support that it is lower? Because you know you hear these numbers, and I'm you know I'm just pulling these out of my ass. These are not real, but it's like oh our, our you know our testosterone now is you know a hundred percent less than that of our grandfathers is that right is there, is there actual truth to that or were we just not testing it how do we know <laughs> i've heard the same studies you know there's the you know we're eating too many you know processed foods and there's too many you know maybe maybe it's about our technology who who knows <laughs> the answer is 
We won't to know. There's there's conjecture. Absolutely, it's possible. Um, are we measuring it more? Were the measurements more accurate than they were back when? I don't know, but um, or or is it a little combination of, of everything? It's kind of like the correlate for me is because I'm a head and neck surgeon is thyroid cancer. The rates of thyroid cancer have skyrocketed around the world. Why is it radiation? Is it this? The general thought again is that. We test it way more than we ever have. And because we test it, we find more. And that's probably more accurate. And we have better, you know, assessment tools to be able to find it than we ever did before, not just the big, big ones. And so I think probably, I tend to think that that's probably the most, uh, uh, you know, of the reason. If you can, you know, sort of talk about your grandpa and stuff like this. They were they were dead when they were 60, 65. They thought their life was over. We, we do not have that expectation. We want to be vital, energetic, virile until the day that we die. Yeah. That's, that's our general expectation is that we want to have a great health span. So, yeah. it almost, my It almost seems to me like some of it is just attributed to like cultural differences between the times where like our grandfathers, you know, the, the stereotypical grandfather who, especially in Canada and the U S like immigrated here, you know, worked some like, you know, uh, hard manual labor job and they were just, you know, distant and, and unemotional and they were just like hard men. And so we just associate that with high testosterone and like that may right. have been true, but it may not have been true. And now less of us work those kind of jobs. And we, we, for the most part, don't have, everyone's got difficulties in their life, but we don't have as hard lives as, you know, moving to a new country with, with no money and no language. And like, we don't have that struggle. So we're right. not, we're not as hard as our, as our grandfathers were, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we just have lower testosterone. Could it be contributed to lack of exercise, changes in food and diet? Yes, but maybe not as much as it's been played up to be. I 100% agree with you. I think that's probably really, really true. We're all of a sudden hyper-focusing on things that we didn't have the time to hyper-focus on before because (laughs) we were busy freaking surviving. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, when you're when you're digging a ditch for 14 hours a day, you don't have time to go to the doctor and complain about you know what's wrong with you. You just you just probably you know you dug that ditch and then something was wrong. You just swallowed That's it right. and, then, and then eventually you just died. And then, oh, he had a heart attack. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's probably true. But I mean, on on the other hand, you know, rightly so. Like, I mean, w- you know, if if they had the opportunity to be able to say, "Hey, what could I do about this?" They, they'd be doing it just as much as we would. We really, really haven't changed that much. Right. And I always say, guys care about all the same stuff. You know, it's just how we're being able to treat it is 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 so much more uh, effective than than ever before. You know, we can change someone's life when we put them on hormone replacement therapy, on testosterone replacement therapy. I remember a, a story when I was, um, you know, my brother is very, very um, afraid of needles. And I'm like, I can smell it. I can smell low testosterone. I'm like, I think he's got it. I said, how are you feeling? He goes, I'm tired. I don't have a sex drive. I'm just like, we should test your testosterone. So he lives in another province. He got his family doctor to, to get a, a blood work requisition. He got it. Of course, it was like not even in the realm of normal range. It was below that. And, um, we uh, we made arrangements to to have a testosterone prescription for him, and he took it, and it was like an instant shift. He he he. We were out for dinner, and he said, "I I feel like the sky is bluer and the grass is greener, and I feel like I'm awake." And you know, it was just so palpable for him. And of course, he friggin' doesn't care about needles anymore. He's like. <laughs> 
bring it on, you know? And, and so it was, it's been a game changer, you know? And when you can change someone's life like that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess part of that too is that the decline is not quick. It may happen over a number of years. And so then, but the, but the solution is relative, like much faster than the decline is. And so that's when you get that turnaround, you know, big revelation, the grass is greener, the sky is bluer type of thing, but yeah. it's been getting gray over, you know, maybe 10, 20, maybe 30 years. Right. Yeah. Slowly, um, slowly, slowly. Yeah, exactly. So one thing that, that you kind of brought up there was these ranges. And we hear a lot about the, the ranges of what is healthy, normal testosterone and the ranges. I, I don't know what the current healthy ranges, but it's pretty wide. Why is it such a huge range? Yeah, well, it's good. I mean, they make those ranges because they test men at different ranges throughout their life, and then they just make averages, right? And so it would include the highest ranges for men that, you know, probably are the youngest. We think about bound testosterone and free testosterone. I like to use bound testosterone because it's a little bit more accurate representation of the testosterone that's in our bloodstream, but also the testosterone that's um, uh, bound to proteins in, like albumin and in different proteins in the blood or in the tissue, a little bit more reflective, and, and it's eventually available. So the bound testosterone range goes from basically, you know, numbers, you know, 8 to 29, okay, or 10 to 30 in, in general. And, you know, the thought is, is that the younger guys are going to have closer to that 30 range. And as we get older, it goes down, 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 and down. But not every dude is up at 30. We're all different. Some guys are starting at 15, all right? And they drop a little bit, and all of a sudden they're down to nine, and it's off the charts. They're not feeling great at all, Okay. So it's not just necessarily andropause that causes a decline. There's other reasons to have low testosterone, um, you know, primary hypogonadism where your testicles just didn't make a lot of testosterone to begin with, you know, and so testosterone is associated with the dude, masculinity and all of that. And there's lots of different guys that just don't have as much. So they're not as oh, oh, kind of a deal. They don't grow much hair and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's okay. Like there's a range, right? And so um, in, in general, um, you know, still being able to draw somebody and, and, and put them up to the high end of that range is going to have a tremendous amount of benefit. So if you're, you know, 18 and you were starting off at 50, you know, and you, and sorry, at 50, if you were 18 years old and your bound testosterone was 15, sort of somewhere in the middle, that's as high as it was for you. Is it wrong to get you up to 30? I don't think so. No, it's not wrong at all. It's still in the normal range, you, yeah. you know? Like, I mean, so so being able to bring somebody up and, 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 and do a treatment that actually brings great amount of satisfaction and joy and, you know, health, you know, for me is are you optimizable right. Where, wherever you are? Are you optimizable? And can we do it safely? That's the next thing. Right. Safely means that we're doing periodic blood work exams, that we're checking for all sorts of different kinds of things. Um, uh, you know, prostate issues are, are, are critical to look at. Prostate cancer is sped up with testosterone, although testosterone does not cause prostate cancer. If you've got cancer, it'll go faster. And so we always want to measure your PSA, your prostate-specific antigen, and your just a simple blood test. And we also want to look at your, your blood work and saying, you know, how much, uh, so your red blood cell count, you know, and your hemoglobin, and is it your blood getting thicker and all that kind of a thing. 
as well as the estradiol. So lots of things to be able to to balance. And that's why if you're going to do this, you want to have it done by a professional that, that understands what to look at so we can be safe, safe, safe. Yeah, you know, extremely important distinction. I've I've heard, you know, horror stories of guys who get it from, you know, the guy in the in the change room at the gym and it's like that that doesn't seem like this is not a, you know, a supplement from the from the vitamin shop like from from the supplement store. Like it doesn't it's a little bit more involved than that and it's not dangerous if you do it right, but it's not uh, intuitive necessarily. You won't even know what to check for if if you don't know what you're doing. And so there are things you need to pay attention to and and it is something that you have to then do for forever. Like this is a this is a rest of your life kind of thing. It's not like, well, I'm you know I'm a little bit low right now, so I'll take it for the next six months and then yeah, it's not a cycle. You're way. right. Yeah. It's not a cycle like you would cycle a, a usual sort of like bodybuilding steroid dose, right. and then you would go on the serums afterwards and then try to kickstart. No, you know, we want to think about that. Like, I mean, our testicles do more than just make testosterone. They make sperm. They make. Um, they make testosterone, but they also make a good chunk of our uh, of our semen, and so we like all those kind of things, right? And right. so um, we want to maintain that while you're on that. So I will almost always give human chorionic gonadotropin and HCG simultaneously, so that we keep everything going. And is that the one that also? Um, maintains like fertility levels because I've yeah. also heard you yeah. know, if you're on TRT, then your body stops producing everything naturally. Um, so, you, so you're relying on, on the medicine for it, but then you can't uh, you can't conceive children if that was something you wanted to do. Right. So your brain, it, you know, goes, oh, there's enough testosterone. It's measuring the levels. I don't need to stimulate the testicles to make it. And so it shuts down the anterior pituitary gonadal axis. And when that's shut down, your balls are basically just there doing zero, not being stimulated. And what would our organs do if they're not doing their jobs? Well, they shrink, they atrophy. So this is where you get these sort of raisin, you know, balls. And, and uh, from an aesthetic point of view, that's not good. But from a functional point of view, it's also dangerous, you know. Our, we want to keep them healthy. We want to keep them stimulated at a low level. And that's why it's also important to have this HCG on board, which at a low level sort of keeps them going. Right. And healthy. And- it's my understanding that that is also, uh, I don't know if reversible is the right word, but if you weren't taking HCG and then you started, to, if you were taking TRT without HCG and then you start, you wanted to have children or whatever, then you started taking HCG, it would kind of restart the, like, yeah. like restart your testicles? Is that, is that Yeah, so, and, and that's kind of... But- yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly what bodybuilders do. They'll do a three or six month cycle. They won't take anything else other than their, their drugs, which are 99% illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I eat, I eat, you know, not Health Canada approved and not able to get from a pharmacy. So you have to get it online or right. and, and not therapeutic in any way. They're, they're performance. Their performance drugs for sure. And, um, and then they'd stop it and then they'd try to like get everything back, you know. So, uh, you know, they'd be taking HCG and they'd be taking all these kinds of things right. to be able to increase levels of testosterone naturally. Right. SERMs and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that, those things, people ask me about SARMs like often. Yeah. And, and my response, like I don't know a ton about them, but my response is like, if you're going to do that, then first of all, I don't think you should do it. But second, if you're going to do it, like just do something that's better than that. It's not that effective. <laughs> like yeah. do something stronger if you're going to do that, but also don't, don't do that unless you're really competing in bodybuilding. You know? 
Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ninety nine percent of bodybuilders are on something, right? And I get questions all to. the time, right? Like, do can you get me Mastron? Can you get me Sustanon? Can you give me this? I'm like, no, I can't. I'm not. I'm not your drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, these these things are illegal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those things those things have don't have therapeutic use. So even from a doctor, you can't just get them, right? It's not it doesn't work that way. Right. But what I can get you is. You know, coming right from the pharmacy, coming solid, you know, right. we can trust it. We know what's in it. And that's also really, really important. They're like, well, I can get this cheaper online, Probably. Yeah, but you don't even know what it is <laughs> and what it's mixed with and all this kind of stuff. So again, yeah. that safety piece is there. Yeah, I yeah. Know, absolutely. I, I, I can't imagine someone like, I know that people do it, but I, I don't know why you would just get it from some random sketchy website. You barely even want to buy like a phone case from a sketchy website, let alone something you're going to be injecting, injecting into in your, your body. body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for very, sure. very crazy. So, so aside from the kind of you know the the medical and drug intervention of these, are there actual? And we kind of dispelled this a little bit, but the lifestyle and, and societal interventions are there lifestyle and societal interventions that we can make in our in our lives that will impact or improve testosterone, ED, and, and associated things um, before jumping into medical interventions? Interventions. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's lots of studies that show that when you just work out and do and do resistance training with weights, it can increase your testosterone naturally. We know that. Uh, certainly, there are um, natural supplements that can also increase your testosterone. The problem is the nutrition sort of um, natural food industry doesn't have the same regulation as like a pharmaceutical industry. And so that means that while it probably works a little bit, we don't know the quality, we don't know the levels, it doesn't have the same thing. There's almost like a, and and I understand why, there's a distrust for medicine and side effects and all of this on one hand. And so natural must be better, right? Natural is better because it's natural. But the thing is, is that that industry is not controlled in any way, shape or form in the same levels. And so, you know, buyer beware, does it work? For sure, it can work. Is it more expensive? For sure, it's more expensive and usually less um, um, activating. You know, like it's 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 less potent. You, know, you can spend double the amount for something that's natural. It's mixed in with something else, so the potency is way way less. So I always tend to have a a, 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 more, a little bit of a balanced point of view. If it makes sense, and if you can't get it, you know, we try to be healthy. Try to get it from your diet. Eat well you know, and uh, exercise well, maximize what you can maximize. And then if there's nothing else that you can do, then go to your doctor and see, or somebody like me, and you can see what can be done and what the levels are and what the treatment options are. Yeah. There's, there's a big push uh, right now in Canada actually for much heavier uh, regulations on the, on the supplement industry. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but it's a new, new bill that that's come out and there's <clears throat> some, some problems with it just from like a, an over-regulation standpoint. But I think it's, I think Canada is probably better than, than most other countries um, yeah. <laughs> as far yeah. as our regulation of those. But I think the strength of these things when we're trying to deal with an actual medical um, issue is different. Like if you're just taking, you know, your test booster off the shelf, at the supplement store or whatever, uh, what's the one that's like really hot right now is uh what's it called? Tongkat Ali, whatever. And I'm like, I'm sure it works. I'm sure it like, it helps a little bit, but if you have an actual problem, like it's for sure not strong enough to, to, right. to, to, to fix your issue. Right. Right. That being said, I have to be honest with you. I had a guy whose testosterone was, was really low. I, I, I gave him a, a beautiful 
perfectly titrated dose that would get him up to the high end of the normal range. And he came back and it was way too high when we did uh, follow-up blood work. And I'm like, this dose is not that I'm giving him, shouldn't give him a testosterone level of that. And, uh, you know, I said to him on the phone, I'm like, are you taking anything else? And he's like, well, no, no, I'm not. I'm like, what about natural supplements? Oh, yeah, I take like four natural testosterone boosters. I'm like, okay, you just yeah. started that at the same time. I said, don't mess me up for God's sakes. I said, you, you just you just put a whole bunch of extra, you know, variables that I that I haven't, you know, thought about. And so um, get off them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're very interesting because they seem – you're right. It seems like it's, oh, it's natural, so it must be safe. But right. it's also probably less effective. Maybe if you're taking a bunch of them, plus TRT, plus working out, plus eating healthy, plus sleeping, plus like doing all the things. Yeah. yeah then, then maybe it will work. But it's you know it's sold as like this. Oh, just take this pill. It's over offered over the counter. No injections. No doctors yeah. needed. And it's like, well, if it was that good, if it was yeah. that, if it was as good as it's, you know it's marketed as, so we wouldn't need uh, doctors prescribing TRT. We would all just take that, and we would be perfectly fine. But you know, yeah. logic is difficult sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and it leads me to, to to think about another thing. With regards to erectile dysfunction, where I said that eighty, you know, eighty eighty five percent of erectile dysfunction is related to vascular issues. You know, I'll have guys that are coming in that are in their twenties, and um, and it's saying, well, I have ED, and they're on Cialis and Viagra, and things aren't working. And um, so, you know, I don't go to to medical stuff right away. Although we will test testosterone, but the, my very very first question is, which we need to think about later, is how much porn are you looking at? Hmm. How much porn are you looking at? And I think it's a really, really important thing to mention too, because especially with men's health and ED, that is probably one of the single most damaging things that we can do for healthy sex life because it's almost like intense crack cocaine for your brain that the only way that you can do that is having porn in front of you every day. And then when you come to a natural scenario, oh, nothing happens, nothing works. So you don't have that crack, that hit, right. you know? And so um, it's one of the things that also that we talk about in our clinic, even for erectile dysfunction is get off the porn. It's no good for you. It's no good for your partner. It's no good for anybody. Um, and here's some here's some um, options and, and, and treatment solutions to be able to do that. Wow, you know, so I mean, thinking about thinking a little bit about laterally about this thing is it's also super important. Yeah, that that is not at all what I thought you were going to say. Is like the first thing that that you would ask. I, I would have assumed, you know, especially if it's a vascular issue, like, well, are you exercising? Are you drinking water? Like, are you doing things that like support your cardiovascular system? Which seems like, uh, you know, very logical thing to do, and I'm sure that that's part of it. But but I wouldn't have thought. I mean, I would have guessed that porn would probably be part of it, but not. Uh, not a huge part of it, but I mean, it makes, it does make a lot of sense. I sometimes forget, you know, moderation is very difficult. And so some people will like something, oh, this is not that bad. But if you do it all the Better time. Better access to porn than ever before in the history of yeah. the world. All yeah. right. And so it's a dangerous and a beautiful machine at the same time. But when we're talking men's health, you know, we're all the same. And, and um, it's, 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 it's a really important thing to rule out. So thinking laterally and thinking about other things is super important. Right. Yeah. Considering your whole lifestyle, I can't remember what podcast it was that I was listening to, but they were talking about how, um, you know, kids, 
10, 10, 11 years old, you know, you have a, you have a cell phone now and all of a sudden you have porn when, you know, most people, when you were 10 years old, like you didn't have porn. And if you're a little bit older, then you had to, you know, you had to get a magazine and all all this stuff. But now like 10 year olds can just go on there before they're even hitting puberty and all this stuff. And and their female counterparts are hitting puberty and, and that can't be good for them. And it can't be good for anyone, but it can't, it can't be good for them. Especially starting, starting that young, you would have just like the most crazy, uh, interpretations of what sex is and what sex is like and what sex should be. And no wonder you'd be messed up when time, when it comes time. Right. And you know, like our sex life should be healthy, life giving, mutually beneficial for the, all of our lives. And, and putting this little thing in the mix is so detrimental detrimental, you know, to that. So, um, I, I talk about that stuff every day and we have some great resources on our, our landing page on our website for, for porn help and porn addiction, which I, I got to say is way bigger than everybody thinks. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little bit surprised, but now that I think about it, not, not that surprised because people go too far with, with a lot of things. Yeah. Speaking on, on ED now, more, more specifically, you mentioned the big shot. Can you tell me what it is? It sounds, it's a very cool name. But what is it? <laughs> well, Big Shot is different than ED. Big Shot is a, is the equivalent, Daniel, of a breast implant okay. for a man. Okay? So, okay. so you know, women get a little bit of volume in their chests, and they make they feel they feel more beautiful. They feel more legitimate, whether they have clothes on or clothes off. Yeah, they do. It's it's the number one cosmetic procedure on the planet, right? Right. At least in North America. Um, and it's the same with guys, um, a little bit of, you know, which guy in history, in every culture, wouldn't mind a little longer and wouldn't mind a little thicker? Well, the answer is everybody. <laughs> everybody would, right? It's it's associated with our virility, with our masculinity, uh, with a lot of shame, mostly up here. And so when we first got into this, we thought, oh, this is, is this about sex? And the answer is it's really not about sex having a little longer or a little thicker when you're harder, when you're soft is about confidence. It's about the feeling of legitimacy. It's a feeling of good body image. And so that's really what I'm giving to somebody. Feel better about yourself. Enjoy who you are in your naked. And it's a big deal. In fact, that's why we call it big shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no. a, it's a big deal. So, so I was interesting. It was, I was in, um, uh, a couple summers ago, I was in, maybe it was last summer, I was in, uh, went to Naples and uh, just outside of Naples is, a, is that ancient city called Pam- Pompeii. That was the city that was covered up with that ash when Mount Vesuvius blew up like 2000 years ago. And, um, they've dug it out and you can walk on these ancient streets and see the frescoes. I mean, it was, it's fascinating. Anyway, what do they have in Pompeii? Well, they have the cult of the penis. In fact, there was a cult of the penis, and they have little penises etched into their, you know, uh, stone, you know, walkways pointing to where the brothels are. So, you know, it doesn't matter, again, which which culture or which – it was a big deal. And so what is new is how we do it. And and, um, the big shot is called platelet-rich gel matrix. Okay. it is a mixture of hyaluronic acid, which is like filler, what you know, ladies put in their lips and plump up their lips. It's also found everywhere in our body, and it's mixed with growth factors from our blood called PRP, platelet-rich plasma. The thought really is that the growth factors sort of hook on 
to the filler like uh, scaffold and then super stimulate your own collagen. So the benefit of this new technology is it gives us the best of everything. It gives us natural, safe, instant, and reversible. It can be dissolved with an enzyme, but it lasts three to four years. It's not a three or six months kind of a treatment. And little sort of, it degrades maybe 10% per year. And so you do little micro touch-ups for a couple of years and it's basically, I would call it semi-permanent kind of a thing. Interesting. And, and it's done within about 25 minutes and it makes a soft penis thicker and longer and it makes a hard penis bigger, bigger overall. Right. And just a, it's just a single shot. That's all it is. Yeah. So the it goes in um, with a cannula in between a space. So it's underneath the skin. So that means it doesn't affect the sensitivity of the penis. And it's on top of the erectile tissue. So that means it doesn't affect your erections at all. So it's in that potential space. So it's almost like kind of walking around with a semi. All right. It's, it's, it's not allowed to shrink up when you're cold or like anxious kind of a deal. Right. right. And we all kind of, kind of understand that and laugh about that. But you know, like it, it's, it's one of the main reasons that after you're in the gym and you're going to have to go to the shower that you hide, you cover, you know, because you're not, you're a little bit retracted and that kind of a thing. And so this keeps you out there, held out there and doesn't affect sex and, um, feels pretty great. Yeah, the the mentality has got to be the the main thing. Like my my first thought, you know, a kind of a, equating it to a breast implant is that when you're in your regular, you know, day-to-day life, if you're wearing a t-shirt or, you know, in your normal life, you can see the size of a woman's breast roughly, right? You can you can yeah. tell because it's cuz it's on the external part of your body and whatever, and so is your penis, but it's like in your pants and you can't walking around no one no one knows anything. But you know yourself. And so maybe that confidence like by the time, you know, I'm thinking by the time a woman sees your penis, she's already going to have sex with you. So you've already, you know, you've got you've got to that part for the for the most part already. Um but you may not have had the confidence to to approach, to ask for uh, you know her number, yeah. to to well, for whatever, for whatever whatever comes with that. Um, so that's that's a really interesting kind of uh, w- way to position it. But I mean, it makes a lot of sense, like you said. It like who who wouldn't want that? <laughs> no no who guy would want, want that. And wait 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 a second. You know what's the biggest trend right now in fashion? Athleisure. What is athleisure? We're wearing sweatpants more than we ever have before. And, um, you know, to be able to see a little imprint or a shadow on a penis, we absolutely can tell if a guy's packing some heat pretty, right. pretty, pretty <laughs> e- easily, you know. Certainly, um, you know, male anatomy is, is sort of the last bastion of something that we show or we sort of think about or you want to brag about. But at the same time, you know, there is a word for it and it is called cocksure. It's kind of like being naked in front of 2,500 people and being completely confident. It is powerful because that confidence is I'm so cool with who I am. I'm so cool with it, my anatomy. And um, it's not about you know, showboating or trying to be an exhibitionist, but there's a confidence that comes in that confidence exactly to your point can go into relational issues, but just, you know, being cool with who you are is a powerhouse thing to be able to give to somebody. Yeah. I mean, confidence is going to extrapolate across the rest of your life, your, your job, your everything. It's, it goes over everything. Um, 
this is also very much in line with some of the regenerative medicine that we were kind of mentioning before. Like PRP is a, it's not brand new, but it's like, you know, becoming more uh, popular, let's say uh, for various things, not just injury healing, but it's becoming a lot more and in conjunction with some various stem cell therapies and for, you know, tons of things. Um, so this is kind of like right, right in line with that. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, what, what what can we do to regenerate our tissues and make them more robust and younger looking and and, and healthy? And PRP is um, you know growth factors from your blood, the next biggest push right now that's on the market and available in Canada and the United States is something called exosomes. Exosomes are the growth factors from stem cells. They're probably about somewhere between five to ten times more potent than PRP and right now they're not it's not legal to inject them but you can kind of stamp them in as skin treatments um, and this will be you know and and you can use somebody else's exosomes they're not cellular right so I could use yours for example right. um, which is cool stem cell treatment um, is about five to ten years away probably from being both health uh, Canada and FDA approved um, with with the testing, but right now, for example, they are growing skin that grows hair in Asia from stem cells. Right, we I do a lot of hair transplant in my clinic, and um, you know to be we're always limited by the donor and the back and the sides. But I mean, if you could grow as much hair as you wanted from your stem cells, that would be cool. There's 10 people walking around the United States right now with 3D printed bladders from stem cells so the technology exists it is there and it will change everything as we know it probably within 10 years yeah and and it's already there's there are other uh, countries or areas of the world where these therapies are a little bit further ahead in the in the, in the approval process right i think that um I want to say Dubai just is like, one of them, and even Italy might be one of them. Yeah, just like with everything, you could go down to South America and get things like this right. done. You know, there's value in waiting. I mean, what was the biggest trend uh, 20 years ago? Uh, cloning. Everything was going to be cloning. We were going to clone. Remember the sheep Dolly? Dolly yeah. was a clone. What happened to Dolly? <laughs> No well, Daniel, knows. Dolly's freaking dead, okay? Dolly <laughs> died of cancer because we cloned her and then all of the oncogenes, the cancer genes, got brought to the top and she died of like fulminant cancer. Right. And so while it's possible, it's it's always good to be able to souse out someone like, what happens if this goes wrong, you know? Right. You know, we should probably do some more testing before we make everybody have it, right. you know? And so um, there's always going to be some value to that. And so the early adapters, they might have the benefit of getting treatments earlier, but they might also be at risk for developing and showing us what could go wrong. And so I'm I'm kind of in the middle. Like, you know, let, let's not, you know, I don't think we need 25 years to do a treatment, but let's, let's, let's test it properly or have some good of studies course. before we let that go. So... But it's definitely up and coming, and it will be a game changer. People want to talk about it. Uh, certainly, we're we're offering treatments like that. Right. Yeah. For for cosmetic stuff as well as well for like uh, um, more knees and orthopedics exactly. and hair growth and yeah. skin and all this. Yeah. The, that's that's what I was saying. You know, before that, I'm so excited about this. Just the, the knees is like joint stuff for me. It's like there's no way to heal it the way that I the way that I've you know <laughs> mangled my body, and that yeah. that is the kind of the last the last thing. Um, are there any downsides to the big shot? Well, like, what are the what are, is there any dangers of this? Like, what what's what's the downside? You know, the risks are really really low um, because it goes in a potential space, kind of underneath the skin, on top of this. We're not getting into blood vessels, and if you 
do it properly and use the you know, have it done by a professional um, that that's been trained properly. It's an exquisitely low risk procedure. Infection risk is low. Um, I do give antibiotics as a precaution, just in case. Um, and um, you know, the risks of vascular occlusion. I mean, getting into a blood vessel, we wouldn't want to plug up a blood vessel. We want it in that space are also low because we've got to use something called a cannula, which is a blunt tip needle that can't poke through a blood vessel. It would just go around. Around it, and so, um, and so, those would be sort of the, the ones that would be the, the things that we would think about the most: infection or, or vascular occlusion, super low. Um, you know, what do I say is the con- is what's what's a potential risk factor? I'm like beauty. <laughs> beauty is this. In my consultation, I usually say this consultation goes. I'm going to have one right after we we finish um, uh, this podcast. I, I'm going to say something like this consultation will go from weird to weirder to I'm your best friend. All right, <laughs> because it's 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 odd talking about this yeah. kind of thing. It's very personal, and all of a sudden you I, you you find someone that can align yourself with you and sort of think in the same way that that's driving you crazy and then be able to help you yeah i've had guys crying like i can't believe this has been my biggest insecurity all my life and we just you know we just fixed it uh, you changed my life kind of a deal and and that's a kind of a cool thing like you always remember me <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it sounds to me like you know some of the risks or downsides are like uh, the same risks or downsides as any procedure ever, like any sure. type of surgery you get, you getting know, your, your hand. lips, getting your lips done. If it was injectables or, exactly. you know, having a facelift or something like this. And, but it's, it's much lower than that. Even right. less know, invasive. Yeah. Cause it's less invasive and it takes about 25 minutes to do, um, you know, in general, it's not surgical, all right. right? And so I'm kind of maximizing your potential. So, you know, we're not cutting anything. We're just basically making your penis as big as it can be. So this this procedure is sort of the best done for the growers, not showers. Right. So, you know, most people in general are comfortable with their erection because, you know, there, there's usually a prize at the end of that, but it's just that when they're not that way, they're like, "Dude, little buddy, what's happening? Come out, <laughs> come out of the cave, right?" It's so to be able to to do that. So that, and it's so funny because you know whether you're three inches, six inches, or nine inches, it doesn't actually matter. I mean, I've had a guy come in with a nine inch penis, and he knows it's long, but it's friggin' skinny like a pencil, and he's so embarrassed, right? So you know, from an artistic point of view, it's about proportion. It's about the lay and the lie and really it's 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 penis art <laughs> right <laughs> so we sort of think about this as penis art we want to have a nice even smooth looking tube when you're soft and when you're hard and something that you know a guy can be like wow i feel i feel great about that right. so so super risk-free super low downtime lasts a long long time but you know um I've had some guys come back and say, you know what, I love this, but my partner thinks it's too much. Um, so um, I've reversed it for that. And then he cried and then he came back and broke up with a girlfriend and got it again. And so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> this That's isn't about amazing. this isn't about her. This is about you. <laughs> this is about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like stuff like that, right? I yeah. mean, it's 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 multifactorial because that organ has lots of different interfaces and so and so considerations as to all of that 
Right. I mean, you, you bring up a good point about, you know, people who become your best friend after this or you become their best friend type of thing. And it's like we talk a lot about mental health in, in society now. And I think that we should. And, and it's a you know, it's a big topic. But sometimes like the thing that you might need is not necessarily just talk therapy or speak to a quote unquote professional like that professional can be a lot of things. There's a people in like the fitness space that I see that say like, oh, the gym is not therapy. And it's like, yeah, it's it's not talk therapy, but it might be the thing that like really helps the person. And maybe talking to someone didn't work for them. Like, who are we to say that, you know, there's one size fits all for, for therapy as well. It may be the gym. It may be getting the big shot. It may be many different things that it's like, that's that one trigger that helps you, you know, get the ball rolling and, and really just get your life back and, and be you. So, you know, we kind of laugh about it because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny and maybe taboo a little bit to talk about penises and whatever, but it's very, very real. It for sure is real. Absolutely. And, and, you know, talking about it usually brings like, you know, a different perspective or a bigger perspective. And, and sometimes when you're hyper-focused on something, that, that bigger perspective is so important for be able to say, okay, I needed a shift in my, right. out, my outlook. But sometimes there's still a problem and yeah. deal with the problem if there's a problem. My rules, safe and natural safe and natural whatever we do safe and natural and so um if you can fix it fix it and if you can't accept it i haven't been to uh alcoholics anonymous but uh they say that there but it, it makes sense <laughs> yeah no for sure yeah I, I didn't i didn't mean for uh what i said to be misconstrued as you know don't don't go to therapy and, and just uh go to the gym and and get get the big shot like that may be the thing it's and maybe it's multifactorial and probably it is multifactorial whatever's going on with you but no matter what it is that's going on with you like do something to try and help yourself. Like go, you know, seek help from from various professionals. Whatever thinks, whatever you think might work for you. I think that that's like you know the best the best place to start. Don't just listen to what everyone else says, right? A million percent. Is there anything that you think that we've missed as we're you know kind of winding down here? Is there anything that you feel that we've missed on the topic of ED, uh, testosterone, the big shot? Anything that that you wanted to cover that we didn't get into yet? No, I think I think we covered a good range. You know, my 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 general message is live your best life. If, you, if something's bothering you, find out who you need to talk to. Come and talk to me. We can talk about everything. Male, um, male health, male sexual health matters. It's a big part of our life. We want to do it in safe ways. We want to do it in safe ways that protects you and your partner. And uh, just getting out there and talking about it, just like we're doing today, super important. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to uh, do that with you and uh, and your podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Of course. No, thank you. It was a pleasure. I, I appreciate your time. Um, where can people find you, get, get in contact with the clinic? I'll put everything in the show notes, but if you want to just kind of rattle it off here for people. Yeah. Best way to uh, contact me is uh, through my website at sovereignmail.com. We also have another website called The Big Shot, one word, thebigshot.ca. And uh, you can find me um, in information about our services and our clinic on both of those platforms. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. Sovereignmail.com, thebigshot.ca. I'll put all those in the show notes. Um, Dr. Torgerson, thank you so much for your time. Is there any last message that you want to leave the people with here in closing? Live strong. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good one. Thanks again, uh, Dr. Torgerson. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. Sovereignmail.com, thebigshot.ca. Everything will be in the show notes. Give me a follow as well on Instagram while you're at it, at Daniel Yoris. Um, if you're in the Toronto area, please, uh, and, and you know any of this spoke to you, 
please go visit Dr. Torgerson down in Yorkville. Um, share this episode with a friend who you know might want to hear it. Ladies, the men in your life probably need to hear it. And men, share this with your friends because talking about it more is what helps all of us. That's all. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. All those good things helps get the message out there as well. Go outside. Be a good person. See you next time.